you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is daydreaming about Baker Mayfield's mustache. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Sirius XM. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm in a room that's just overflowing with heroes, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling. Colleen Wolf and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys and girls? Hey, Dan. Hey. Hi. Oh my God, what's up? Super size show. Colleen's back. Very rich here. <laughs> okay, that's all I ever hear about on Twitter. The history must be very rich there, huh? Uh, you just, Colleen, you just got back from a whirlwind tour across the NFL landscape. Yeah. And. Uh, I saw I was following your Twitter and your social media. Uh, just great work, as always. Thanks. Um, moving the needle of your brand. Uh, but it, you, you, <laughs> you pointed out that a lot of uh, ATN listeners will give you little shout outs that are in the code of our show. Yes. It's one of my favorite things ever. Whenever I'm out in the field, whether it's for Thursday night or it happened a bunch at the Hall of Fame at training camps, I'll hear Connie Fox or... Who's John Gonzalez? Or <laughs> like any any number. It's of like things. our version of like Baba Booey. It's like what, our code. I, what what would you say the demographic of these shoutouts are? What are they? What type of person are they coming from? Demographic range wise. It's usually um, it, it's usually white males. Eighteen to thirty four. <laughs> yes. Just wondering. But I love them. Right. It's like I text you. Ever you get it's like our secret hand. You ever get strange looks from people you're with when they yell like, "Hey, tiny box!" Yeah, like, I get like, tiny box need, a lot too. We need to like get an HR representative. Do you need help? So tiny sorry. box makes me laugh the most, though. And that <laughs> wouldn't be the weirdest thing that's happened to you on Inside Training Camp, though. So and let oh, us, yeah, that's true. And let, yeah, yeah, that is fact. very true. Um, and let it be known that even though it is, it seems to be an 18 to 34 white male demographic. One of the things we're proud of, we're all over the spectrum. Well, you know, women, men, black, white, Latino. We're all over the place. We are a, a rainbow podcast, Greg, and you're proud of it. I know you are. Well, how do you mean we? 
What do you mean? I mean, we, the show, I think. Is Our like, show. Collectively, all of us we part of the show. All across the world, we have listeners. All oh, across this country. Yeah, international. Unless you have indi- individually, you have issues with that. As a, <laughs> no, I thought you meant like the four. <laughs> real weird, real quick. I thought you meant the four hosts of the show. And then I. No. Thank you, Greg. I didn't know no. any, anyone had been to 23andMe lately. I love all the listeners. <laughs> oh, now we're fully covered. Thank you, Colleen. Well, <laughs> welcome back, Connie. It's been it's been a minute, and uh, you, you picked a great show to come back because a full house and, uh, you know, big news, and we're going to get to it in a little bit around Jadavian Clowney and uh, John McClain over at the Houston Chronicle reporting that he wouldn't be surprised if it, a trade goes down uh, involving Clowney imminently, perhaps. Well, let's throw out some juicy trade scenarios ahead of the regular season and let it be known that this isn't July anymore. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't our June 14th show. There's none of this fancy boy stuff where we're whimsical and just throwing out, oh, yeah, Brett Favre returns to football, and then Bart Starr is his best friend, but they both go to the Giants and all this stuff. No, no, this is going to be real Mm, trade. Shots fired. Real? Yeah, I think uh, so. No, don't read into it. There's too much reading into things right now. It's going to be real trades that could affect teams in a positive way in 2019. This exercise ruined my entire morning. Tell I, I sat and or improved. I it. sat and stressed <laughs> out about this and talked myself in and out of every trade. So I think I'm gonna come I up can't. with some strong. I mean, cases. just as a like it's a be hard to be you, Colin. right? As a basis of comparison. <laughs> ex- <laughs> I mean, as, something as simple as this, like as as a way to compare, like what was your morning yesterday like? Like to walk us through nine to eleven thirty yesterday. Yesterday, what you can share with us. I I worked out yesterday. Okay. Huh. I made some coffee. I I just chilled. Okay. It was a very uh, it was a nice morning. Colleen used to be Ken Griffey Jr. In what way? Proud of the fact that she had never worked out a day in her life. I know. And now all of a sudden she's working out. The grind is real now. I know. It's mm. happening. It, it has to. Though I need to get back to traveling on the road because otherwise when I'm at home, I just eat. I just eat all day long and gain mm. lots. The guys can't say it, Colleen, but your arms are looking great. It's it's working. Thanks. It's Thanks. working. They're you guys, you don't, don't comment <laughs> on her. Whatsoever. Don't even look at her. Don't even look at her. Don't even look at her. But, Colleen, your arms are looking good. Thanks. You know what we should do? Just He's trying to match Gonzo. We should put on, like, blinders. You know? Like uh, the horse blinders? Yeah. (laughs) Be totally covered. (laughs) Show will go on forever. Great. All right. Good. Very weird show so far. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, um, so juicy trade scenarios coming up. Uh, Realistic ones that that would, if it happened, if it, it came across on TA. Wow. That makes sense. Build a trade. That's what yeah. you've named it, right? Sure. Like build a bear, except for clowny. Right. Let me I like write that. that down. Build a trade, and I will take credit for it. Thank you, Wes. And then uh, we'll hit a little hard knocks recap. But before that, oh, there's news. So let us get to that, Erica Tamposi. Here's what we're hearing presented by Sirius XM. Hey guys, it's Colleen. No, I'm finally doing this. <laughs> what thing. is this? So no. I'm to meet all of you and give all these special shout outs. You know, I so did this. Hit me up. And okay. I'll talk to you soon. I was in Wes's backyard. What is that? Cameo. You're on Cameo. I have to get off Cameo because I keep like forgetting about it and then everything keeps expiring. Mm. So it's I'm not really a great fit for what Cameo. What is Cameo for people that aren't aware of it? I would be one of those people. What? It's I have like, no idea what Cameo is. It's like is. a company where people pay to get a personal message. 
from you. Right. So I feel a little dirty about it too. It's a little creepy. Really like it. How much? But do also, they how much like, are you charging? It's like fifteen bucks. Right. I responded with from to that. I was like, I'll do it if you if I can charge a thousand dollars. Yeah. It, I well, I do it for thirty. Because I don't be know. Funny. Fifteen thirty. I might do a couple of those and just see but what happens. What's funny is a lot of people just like mess with their friends about it. So they're oh. like, Hey, give me, give this message and just like talk about whoever. And then uh, oh, so it's kind of right. like a gotcha. fun basket. Colleen, way does of doing it get things? direct deposited? Like when you, if it's fifteen bucks, no. does it go straight into the checking. Account? I don't even know how to cash out, and then Cameo gets a cut too. So I don't really like that. I have to like charge for it. I feel like that's weird. It's like the and Jetsons for trash talking. You're a real yeah. uh, capitalist. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Connie. Sure am. All right, let's get to it. More uncertainty around the Indianapolis Colts and their superstar quarterback. Tuesday evening, Colts general manager Chris Ballard told reporters on a conference What's call. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> well, he didn't say that. But he did say that the medical staff and training staff believe that calf, uh, Luck's calf strain has become something more. Let's hear a little bit uh, of Ballard during the conference call with reporters last night. He's been dealing with a calf injury, and... You know, all in, in March through camp, he was dealing with the calf and in the little area below his calf, which Andrew kind of referred to as a lower leg, where he was feeling some pain, kind of almost in the ankle area. Um, the injury wasn't getting better, better, and he hadn't been practicing. So in the course of dealing with this calf injury, it appears that now we've got, we've got an ankle issue. All right, and on the same day, and this happens with the Colts. Not many franchises this type of stuff happens, but Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, he went on a separate uh, – he, he went on a radio show, Sirius XM, and he shared his thoughts and details on Andrew Luck's situation. I really feel, you know, very confident that uh, he's going to, you know, find his way through this thing. I think, you know, after Durant thing and everything, everyone's there on the side of caution. But quite frankly, this is not even in the Achilles tendon. Um, so Ursa went on to say that, uh, he couldn't be more excited about the season luck, uh, and he views it as a tweak, but at the same time, Greg, here we are now three weeks out from the regular season. You're not going to see him during the preseason. And now it becomes a very real chance that it is indeed Jake Brisket starting week one for the Colts. Not good. Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. Thank you, Ricky. Hopefully them admitting their mistake and properly treating the injury solves it, and it's just an ankle sprain. That and he's back, whether it's week one, week three, whatever. It's a pretty big deal, I think, for the general manager to say we complete, which is how I read into what they said. We completely mismanaged his situation. We misdiagnosed it. Uh, we didn't even check, you know, th- that it could be an ankle problem too. And and here we are, three and a half months later. Uh, from something that they said at the time was going to be a one-week injury. And maybe that all solves it. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I think they'd be fine with Jacoby Brissett, though, for a couple weeks. If that's all it is, that they that they feel like they need to be safe with Andrew Luck, like get him back 100% before you put him on the field. I just feel like any time now I hear anything with Andrew Luck, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe after everything that happened with his shoulder. And Ballard has a really good track record of being pretty forthright. And the reason I totally believe him here is because you didn't have to read between the lines to see right. that they were saying, like, we botched this. And you don't hear teams really admit that too often, that basically it's all our fault. He didn't admit fault. it, though. He did. I mean, that saying that they literally never even checked yeah. for this other injury, that he's 
apparently had now for multiple months. I mean, that's saying they misdiagnosed it. He admitted that. I appreciate all the listeners who sent me uh, P-Scale tweets, <laughs> especially the Ralph Wiggum gif, where it's just P slowly spreading across his face. So is it is it fair to now say, Wes, that we could sound the siren, the Andrew Luck alarm li- uh, siren is off, and you're concerned about the superstar quarterback? I, I'm taking a big old L on this one, and um, to quote a – Iconic movie character from the 1990s. <laughs> siren is I think really we understand wrecking. that there's some sort of an alert in the air, Erica. <laughs> New shit come to light, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it's, it's yes, that is absolutely true. Oh, my God. I also think it's striking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> from the beginning, my stance on this was informed by the notion that injuries in August are treated so much differently than injuries in October that this guy had three and a half weeks to get ready for the regular season, and if this happened in the regular season, he'd be playing through it and might be slightly compromised. But we get so alarmist in August as opposed to October or November. That's what they I say, though. That, like, I don't believe that he would have been playing through it if it's if it's been bothering him for three and a half months. I, I can't think of, like, having been to the combine where Andrew Luck was, like, down on the field throwing, he was one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen at quarterback. I mean, like... Cam Newton plus type gigantic dude, but it does. It just goes to show that what's happening inside these massive frames is totally different. I mean, he's dealt with more than you ever would have expected over the past three years. And having Jacoby Brissett isn't a bad thing for them because when you think back to when we saw him last, he was playing behind that awful offensive line. And no running then, game. Yeah, they've changed a lot of pieces around him, so he, he should be even better if he does have to play. No, I think spot. this is like playing. Like he's on. He could get the Nick Foles treatment. Where you play Ooh. two to three games under Frank Reich in a nice situation, and you put up some nice numbers, and Jacoby Brissett's a free agent next year, and this two to three game period, if 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 that happened, could get him paid. I mean, it's going to be so influential to whatever his value is going to be next year. We are we are also working under a, a hazy timeline here. The, the assumption that oh it'll be fine in two to three weeks. Uh, yeah, we have no we idea. Thought we that have no two idea. to three weeks ago, and two to three weeks before that, and two to three weeks before that. It's it's a um, frightening injury. It's worth noting that Ballard told Perez Taylor, former Chiefs beat writer, um, that Brissett is much improved over where he was two years ago outside of everything surrounding him, that he's revamped his mechanics and he's played so much more confidently mm. and he sees the field better than he did when we last saw him. All right. Whose computer's on? Mine. Uh-oh. I'm just taking L's all over the place. Ooh, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. But stay in the AFC South and talk about, ooh, this is saucy. John McClain, as I said earlier, uh, he's been there forever. Baylor grad. Uh, he's been there since the Love You Blue years. Love Love You Blue years. Houston Chronicle mainstay John McClain um, and a very entertaining Twitter account, but also a guy that's plugged in, uh, been there forever. And he uh, put out a tweet yesterday that he would be surprised if Jadavian Clowney the star linebacker, was not traded by the Texans. This is Clowney's – he's on the franchise tag, and um, the idea of the Texans giving him a long-term deal, he's been a very good player for them, but also has had injury issues, so Houston has hesitated in that realm. And now the idea that he could be moved, Colleen, before the start of – now what's going on, Wes? His phone's ringing. It's on vibrate. I got it on one ring. Leave me alone. (laughs) 
<laughs> need to take a breather. I'm also in Wes's personal space here too <laughs> like because a, I have inching her. I have my hard notes. We, notes on we have five pad. people here today. If okay. you just want to like right. leave, that <laughs> I'm having more fun than I've had in a long time, Greg. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Clowney, the idea that he could be traded, Colleen. Uh, perhaps even before week one. That is a pretty wild thought. Do you think it's it's even possible? Or is it, this just chatter? This would be such a hard trade to pull off just because of the timing right now in the league year and the timing because of his whole deal, because they passed that July 15th deadline. Any team that gets him is essentially getting him for a one-year rental because they aren't able to do a long-term extension until the end of the season. And a lot of teams already have their guys in place. So I don't even know what kind of compensation you could get for him right now because he's obviously a former number one overall pick and he is so talented, but I think his his kind of – uh, his clout and everything is diminished because of the way that the Texans has, have handled this and the fact that the Texans don't even have a GM right now. Well, let me push back on that a little bit because there is there is this idea because you can't negotiate a long-term deal if you trade for him. It's not like when uh, the Niners got D-Ford from the Chiefs uh, on the franchise tag and then gave him the big contract. It is different, but you still do – you still have the, the window before free agency with him. And, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, you're good at these matters – you do get draft pick compensation if he ends up leaving and going to another team. So you could still get something out of it as long as you don't give up a if premium. If you're disciplined, that, it applies to your compensatory pick formula. And assuming Clowney is, plays like he did before, that would be a third-round pick. But then you have to be a franchise that's all in on that, that's disciplined and not signing other free agents. Because how the formula works is if you sign another big free agent or two, that wipes out losing Clowney. But you're right. A team could theoretically give up a third-round pick and get a third-round pick compensatory, and basically you got Clowney. A third-round pick, though, for him? Let me push back on your pushback. Okay. Or a second-round pick. You talk about this window. I believe that you are not even allowed to negotiate with him until March. Right. And if you're going to keep Jadavian Clowney off the open market after he just took the risk of playing on the franchise tag, you're going to have to make him the highest paid defensive player in NFL history to keep him off the market. Mm-hmm. I, what surprised me about the idea that the that it's surprising that he would not be shopped by the beginning of the season is that who and and why and like it need it there to me the Texans it's bad team management and they have no GM Very. right now to let him go because it, they can gain back almost a million dollars in salary cap credit from his salary every week that he doesn't play. And they have 110 millions of dollars of salary cap room next offseason, and there is literally nothing to be gained by trading him to another AFC team, for instance, getting probably at the lowest max trade value kid right now. This is the l- worst time to trade well, to Devin Clark. I think trading for a draft pick, doesn't make sense, assuming you can't get better than a second. But I don't know. I think there's a way to I mean, argue that actually players. I would pay a second round pick. What about a second with a pass rush? For a thing? Yeah, but if you're getting a player for player trade, why not? Like Trent, and we'll talk they about tackle, potential yeah. trades later. But guys like uh, you know Trent Williams is everyone's guessing as a Yeah, but here's potential. what's weird about if that. If that ever happened, then then that makes some sense. But you're right because O'Brien took over as the GM. Everyone's saying they don't have a GM. I mean, Bill O'Brien – has been the most powerful guy in that organization for years. He's running the team. Bill Belichick runs his team. Pete Carroll runs his team. Yes, they have a personnel department, but Bill O'Brien, if nothing else, is 
should be it should be easier for him to make a trade than than if he had a GM. But also, Clowney gets the last word in all of this. If he is supposed to be traded to a team that he doesn't want to go to, he doesn't have to go because he has to sign his tender first before he can be traded. Well, he wants to play. I don't think anyone, including Clowney's camp, has made any overtures that he'd skip any work at all. The idea is that he wants to play football. And, right. He wants Does to he make want to six, play for Miami. Yeah, Probably. to make sixteen million dollars. But does, does yeah. this feel like Bill O'Brien, the coach? battling with Bill O'Brien, the trying to learn how to be a GM at the same time? Because it, to, to me, it feels like the coach has been... Bill O'Brien has sounded a little annoyed with Clowney for a long period of yes. time. And you understand why. But trying to play the hat of the front office, you've got to take the coaching staff sometimes and say, it's not smart to do this. There's another way around this. And who's giving him the pushback? I he appears to be in over his head. I think you're right that he probably doesn't see Clowney as a guy that they're going to sign long-term. That's been made clear. They have told Jadavian Clowney in so many words this offseason, we don't believe in you as a long-term part of our team, or else they would have signed him to a contract. Like, they haven't given – there's been no negotiations. They already are at that point. So the thing I don't get is why is this coming up so late, like, like Colleen said. Like, O'Brien took over for gain in early June. So even that was a month and a half before – this deadline, the, the timing of it is very strange to me. Hmm. The one thing on Trent Williams, John McClain also reported that the Texans are not interested in Trent Williams. Oh, really? That he would not, that it'd be just like going back to Dwayne Brown and over 30 tackle with some injury issues who wants a huge contract. I don't know if I buy any sources there. Although the, the, the thing where this is fun is, you know, we, I did ask around for the people that know better than us, the, the real insiders. And there Whoa. seems to be something there that they think <laughs> they think this is you know. they this thing think the thing is going to happen that the Texans want it to happen. There has to. Now, be I don't a know about that, but they there. think that the reason this is popping up now is because it seems like the Texans and Cl- like it's people Clowney's believe a this is going to happen. Maker, though, I think if the Texans do it, want to do it, I don't. It doesn't. Somebody make will do business. I, I agree. That's what well, I think. you just have to find one person to do it, but it's not a wide spectrum of teams that are going to be chasing after. And it this. should be said before we move on because we got to move on that. Uh, our own Ian, Ian Rappaport reported uh, somewhat recently that the belief uh, is that Clowney will report to the Texans after the third preseason game, even though O'Brien himself is quoted as saying he has no idea when Clowney will report to camp. So we're not hearing any you know hardball talk about him sitting out a season pulling a Lev Bell or a Zeke Elliott or a Melvin Gordon at this point. All right, let's move on. The New York Giants got bad news, but bad news that it was expected. Golden Tate lost the appeal of his four-game suspension. Uh, Tate, you may remember, uh, was banned after taking a fertility substance that is not – you're not allowed to take it. Can't do it. And he tried to report himself. Not as an NFL player. Not as an NFL player. He tried to report himself ahead of it, tried to get ahead of it, uh, but it didn't matter. So you also have, again, Sterling Shepard with a broken thumb. on back. The He's been back. He's been practicing weirdly with like a splint on his thumb. Uh, that seems weird. Yikes. <laughs> uh, but Evan Ingram's the only uh, healthy guy in that receiving course that you could really count on right now. That week one, they're playing the Cowboys in week one, right? The Zeke Elliott yeah. thing is getting weirder and weirder in terms of whether he'll be there for week one. That game could have a, um, a different feel to it if some of this stuff doesn't shake out. In other that, that's n- Troy and Joe, Joe, by the way. We don't even have to look at the. Maybe they already made the assignment. Yeah. That's a that's a Troy. Speaking of which, Mark, I read today. I don't know if you saw this. Week one, Tony Romo. Jim oh yeah, Nance. I did see that. I, I, the Brownies. I, I had to see what the other lineup is out there, but it kind of threw me that that any game involving the Titans would have gotten week one Romo. I don't care if they're playing 
Well, CBS has Whoever the double. Is, I think, you know, CBS has the Giants Cowboys late. So they're picking their one o'clock game. That's kind of their spot to be the. Yeah, they, they want I, welcome the I welcome it, but it just, you know, please Mark, handle your business. Embrace it. America's well, the reason why they say. picked it is because. The Browns are a marquee team that people want to watch. I, I know that Put you, the mark in marquee. you are enjoying every <laughs> oh. bit of this. I just need – as an Eagles fan, Colleen, you have to understand that, like, you're just – there's a little bit of – Your team is so fascinating. It's They're trying to make the Titans interesting. Wow. Week one. What happens if you lose – at home. Don't. To the no, 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 no. You no. can't let your mind go there. No, 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 it's, no, no. I don't control Enjoy anything. Enjoy the ride, I that a long time ago. Well, you could also – never happen. You could also buy happened. into your quarterback's malarkey about now everyone's rooting against us. That story that was out there. Oh, please. Wait, oh, that's show me the lie please. on that one. Oh, come on. Please. That everyone, was my everyone's favorite. Wait, his quote was because of the hype. The hype is real. Well, show me the lie there. There is. It said that people now are, are rooting for them to fail. Oh, my God. That's it's true. like the Patriots saying, I've, nobody I believes that. in us. Wait. You feel that, Mark. Yeah, if I, I had a nickel for every you, you NFL analyst who has made that point this offseason, I'd be a rich man. It's yeah. the difference between being an NFL analyst it, and finding I think that it could fan, be more Let me ask you a question. If people rooting against the If team. they go one and five, tell me that the brushback won't be totally Of course, but that's fierce. how it goes. And everybody's going to point to the hype when they go one and five. I think fans and – Media love the Browns, and no team's gotten more luck. Exactly. But I think maybe Baker. I didn't read the entire. There's two sides. If he's the- talking about within the league, I think that's true. I think other teams are like, "Give me a break on the Browns. Like, here's their problems. This is a team that's won seven games next year, and they don't like the hype. I buy that. Let's jump into the fish tank. Let's, you know, let's jump in. Okay. Ooh, Come on, Rick. Always got to be ready for the fish tank. This is not good. This is not good. Kenyon Drake, one of the most important players. Uh, for the Dolphins, uh, he's he's in a boot, and uh, he's got a foot injury. And Dolphins coach Brian Flores acknowledged that Drake's injury—it's going to take a quote while to heal. Uh, they hope he'll be ready for Week One, uh, but as of today, Wednesday, he's walking around in that boot. And we again now we're getting close. Three you know three weeks away when your starting running back is in a boot, Mark. That's a problem. I like Kalen Balaj, the backup, and I don't even know if you'd call him a backup. I mean, there's a bit of a timeshare, but if you look at and it's just one preseason game, Drake dominated the first team reps. I, I, I'd want to see the second, third, and fourth before we jump into that whole conversation, but you've got two good running backs. Drake, I think, is someone that's just been mo- – most people, probably if you had him on fantasy, you're like, why was he not used a lot more under Adam Gase, or was he used in confusing ways? It's this only adds to the confusion. Listen, if it wasn't for Drake, the Miami miracle would have never happened. The miracle mm. in Miami would I'd be point. not even in the books. I thought he might be a trade candidate, if not this month and during the season, because he's in the last year of his contract and just feels like how old is he? And I think teams would be interested, be like twenty five or twenty six. No guy, you don't want you want to build around. Well, they don't seem to like him as much as other people. He's coming I mean, off a career year, though. I don't think we know what the new coaching staff thinks entirely, but Gase used him in a very weird way. I thought. That's fair. Uh, let's stay in the tank. Cameron Wolf, he's a reporter for uh, ESPN. Yeah. He report. <coughs> you familiar? Wolf oh, Nation. This is his name. <laughs> Any relation? Uh, no, no, uh, unfortunately. You wolves stick together. Yeah, we do. Wolf Pack. Yeah, Wolf Pack would have been better than Wolf Nation. Just like, hey, Wolf's made for life. Ah, that's kind of just my family, the Wolf Pack. But oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen has been getting quote true starter burn this week. Uh, Greg, you've covered the league for many, many years. Now, please illuminate the audience. What does it mean to get true starter burn? <laughs> I think it's misleading because all he's doing is getting some reps with the first team, but less reps even than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, this hasn't been a situation where 
They've even given him a taste of it. They've treated him like a like a backup, like a true backup that doesn't even get a single snap with the first team all of camp. And now they give him like a little bit because this is the week to do it. It's the second preseason week. If there's any time he's going to get with the starters, this is it in the second preseason game. You start Fitzpatrick for you know a couple series. Rosen gets his chance with the starters. And after that, it's all Fitzpatrick. They've given him no run. Even in these practices, it's supposedly mostly Fitzpatrick. They, I don't think they have any interest in starting Josh Rose in week one. But how about this, on Greg? what they've shown. How about we separate the football analysis of the Dolphins with just the parlance of the NFL? Right. Please, give us Break a down burn. What is true starter I'm not burn? accepting that. <laughs> You're not accepting it as a phrase or as – That it's true in this case. Oh, okay. No, but like three what series. is true starter burn? Playing with the starters? Is that all right. it is? He can feel it. Why? It's like legit starter reps. It. And now it's it's building because a fire like within the, him. I like the turn of phrase, true starter burn, but well, why not just getting more reps with like the starter? legit reps yeah. in key situations. In, in this parlance, first team reps. It's, it's interchangeable with the word run. He's getting some run with the yeah. starters. He's okay. trying to be the straw that stirs <laughs> the offense's drink. Ooh. Were you the one that was against <laughs> yeah. that? You're against I hate it. I hate it. But I, of course, I just said it. Where is it? You Do you keep hearing it on our network? I hear it on every network. I well, hear it on ours, shows. Ours I hear is it on the radio. Of it let's like, send it off into space. I think Erica can do that. We yeah. have the power as as a podcast that that phrase will no longer be said by a decree from Colleen Wolf. Okay. Good, goodbye. I'm not going to use the phrase, but as Dan knows, there's only one man who gets to use that, and it's Reggie Jackson who created the phrase. Yes. In regards to the late Thurman, <laughs> and then lived up to it. He sure did. Three homers, seventy-seven I'm series. Finally doing this thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Connie? <laughs> um, all right. So back to Yankee history, it goes where it must stay. One more uh, item from the fish tank: Minka Fitzpatrick, the versatile defensive back of the Dolphins. Um, Omar Kelly, reporter for the South uh, Florida Sun Sentinel, sent out a tweet. Uh, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Minka Fitzpatrick isn't playing well. And guess who responds? Got up in the replies. Minka's mom. Minka's mom. That's not a mom joke, guys. It is, it is actually, actually his, mom. Yeah. his mother. Minka's mom, Minka and Melissa, replied to Omar, no, you would never want to do that, maybe. It's because he is not a strong safety and is being used to suit other people's skill set, not his own. But, you know, let's just keep ripping him because we know it breaks your heart to do that. I mean, is there anything better than a mom? Moms for the win. And then Minka (laughs) comes back off the practice field and gets asked about it, and he kind of agrees with his mom. It is what it is, he told the Miami Herald. She's being honest and saying how she feels. There's nothing wrong with it. I wish she would have addressed me first and talked to me first before it happens. But it is what it is. She feels very strongly. He added, she's not wrong. Coach has asked me to do something right now. I got to do what they asked me to do. If we have to have some discussions in the future, we'll have those discussions. Wes, what exactly is the issue with Fitzpatrick? Are they not giving him the opportunity to be his true best self? There's no bad guys here. They have... Many injuries at strong safety, and they have a guy they want to watch at free safety, Bobby McCain. So they're having Minka. I mean, Flores comes from Belichick. You've got to play multiple positions. It's important to have versatility. It's important to have emergent break case in case of emergency players. They're seeing if Minka Fitzpatrick can play in the box. And his opinion is, I'm 205 pounds, not 220. Mm-hmm. I'm not best suited for the box, but I'm doing this because my coach has asked me to, and it's best for the team. His mom has a little bit different take mm. on that. This yeah. is where, like, 
you don't need to overreact to what they're doing in the second week of training camp right. practice. They're just they're messing around. But it did get me thinking, along with uh, Jonathan Abrams, the Raider safety, who mentioned his mom is younger than Tom Brady. His dad. His daddy. His wow. Dad. Um, as parents are a little more social media savvy, Ooh. you know, that they're our age and Look stuff, it whatever, it's just going to become, there's going to be more storylines like this. Like well, mom's coming. Can't wait. Mom's coming at you. Because in the past, moms, they weren't, they weren't on Twitter. <laughs> on the fringes. Now they're on. Yeah. Moms, moms are different, but this story reminds me of uh, Marcus Vick when he used to tweet about oh, Michael God. Vick. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> that was amazing. And Michael Vick would always be like, have to, he would have to answer Bro. these questions. And I can't imagine what the conversations are like, like as soon as the Andy cameras Reed's are off. head like, up his ass. Yo, man, like, can you stop? <laughs> it does hit me like as an age indicator when I see mom's name Melissa because growing up, I never knew any mom's name Melissa. It was just the, the girl's name of someone – in your class or something, yeah. right? Like a third grade classmate. Mm. Now they're moms. It is. A, I mean, it's, we've gotten a lot of moms are always Diane. There is a song yeah, from the early seventies called Anne. "Sweet Melissa," which would lead Sweet Melissa, which would lead you to I'm believe that saying, some people I'm were I'm named. I'm not saying Melissa. the name didn't exist, oh. Wes. Just that there weren't in my town. There weren't flush with moms named Melissa. It's, it was much more. Archaic now it's probably dying off. I feel like not a lot of Melissa. Do you like the name Melissa? I like it a lot, but it reminds me of like a younger <laughs> person than a mom. And but I guess moms are young, so mom could be you could be a mom at. A very young age. So I, I will yourself. say, as a um, <laughs> can we just clip that? <laughs> it's just like I don't want to, you know. It's just, it's I respect I, them all. I want the very whole nice, Melissa. Nice to be a parent. Segment. Put the blinders on. <laughs> as an '80s baby, it is a little unusual now when you see like a 39-year-old Tiffany. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah never, Tiffany would be a better example you never than you'd Melissa. See a 39-year-old Melissa's Tiffany. in that world. It, it, Tiffany no, here is we a are. Example, right. Melissa's down to the 480. <laughs> Sixth most popular girl's name. Where's Tiffany at? Let's check in with Tiffany because Tiffany was Down a 40. monster I mean, in the is. 80s. I mean, I think a lot of that too later on was after uh, Saved by the Bell. Tiffany Little, yeah. of course. Where's Tiffany at? Because that was a, a monster in the 80s. We have our own I mean, Tiffany, Tiffany Blackman on the network. Tiffany, the song might have had baby. something to do with it. Oh, it's getting buried. Not even in the top thousand. Tough Whoa. Whoa. Oh, no one's Didn't wow. age. Ouch. Aged out. I don't know if I trust those sites, but that's fine. Uh, finally, in the news, yeah. Anything else, Mark, about the names? No, just like, are they pulling those rankings from true updated census, or is it like just their own thing? I believe it's the 2010 census. Oh, no, I have no. <laughs> it's old. Uh, finally, in the news, some big behind-the-scenes NFL news. Uh, the NFL, in its efforts uh, to get involved more and find different ways to promote social justice, has partnered with Rock Nation, the entertainment company founded by Jay-Z, and they've agreed to lead the league's endeavors in music and entertainment. Uh, as part of this long-term partnership, Rock Nation will advise on the selection of artists for NFL events like the Super Bowl, especially the Super Bowl, but other things as well, and also play a key role in the production and promotion of new music. Uh, also, it ties Rock Nation's Inspire Change initiative with the NFL and its massive platform, which is a good thing. Um, there's a lot to the story, and there was a, a, a meeting between Jay-Z and Roger Goodell that was uh, that coming to light right as we went upstairs to do the show. But I, from my perspective as someone who's worked here for a while and covered a lot of the halftime shows, uh, this is much bigger than the Super Bowl halftime show, but I will say the Super Bowl halftime show needed help. It kind of hit a low watermark um, in Atlanta with Maroon 5 where the NFL and Maroon 5 got just savaged uh, to the point where they canceled the Super Bowl press conference because it had just become such a um, a tough situation. So bringing in 
Jay Z. Uh, first of all, until he took that shirt off, he's been working. <laughs> oh out. man, that, that changed everything. But bringing in Jay Z and his team, I'm sure that is not, that's going to freshen things up. Uh, and also something that Colleen, I know you're a big fan of the hip hop. See, I'm so excited about that because I feel like we're going to get a new mix of music. We involved. might finally now see yes. what the NFL and the halftime show has really held off on, aside from. Um, you know, a little guest stints here and a cameo as Missy Elliott comes to mind, but there have been many and maybe some actual hip hop acts, which I'm won't please everyone. Doing this thing. What was that? Ricky. I'm finally doing this thing. <laughs> but I think it's for the good because uh, it would happen. You Super said Bowl cameo and it was really funny. <laughs> oh, it was not a good scene. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it because I thought for sure when we were in Atlanta last year for the Super Bowl, we would maybe see some good hip-hop acts and that's i mean when you look at the atlanta rap scene it's vast and we didn't get that last year so got like 30 seconds of big boy that's right no, it was big boy yeah. this past year a little disappointing uh jay-z was asked about colin Ka- i mean jay-z famously put the nfl on blast on like in the last single that they mm-hmm. uh, from the beyonce album that they released that only you liked i liked it i think it was an underrated album uh not the point, but I just thought it would be. Yeah. What was the line? Basically that he didn't need – he turned yeah. down the NFL. We don't need him. We're in stadiums too. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he was asked, like, working with the NFL in, the, in despite Colin Kaepernick not having a job. And he had he had a pretty good answer for that, just saying, like, this is kind of the next, the next step. Like, Colin Kaepernick knew it was more than just himself that he – it wasn't about Colin Kaepernick having a job. It was about trying to – have a platform and make changes. And Jay-Z with, with part of this deal is, is saying that their company is going to do that. But that also reminded me is this is the season where people basically have stopped considering that Colin Kaepernick could work again because it hasn't been a story at all. He's only 31 years old. He's out there, you know, working out according to social media and all that. But this is kind of the season where no one's even brought up the idea of Colin Kaepernick joining a team anymore. Very true. Wes, you just got a beep. That was not <laughs> me. Who was that? It's your beeper. <laughs> I don't have a beeper. <laughs> That's what's happening. Nor have I ever. <laughs> in the news. All right, Hard Knocks episode two rolled out on HBO Go. Good job, by the way. Shouts to HBO Go. It used to be new episode comes out and then it shows up the next morning on the HBO Go and you're like, you know, twiddling your thumbs. Now they put it up in real time. Big change. It changed like everything it. because now I don't know, but I, I watch it with Simone because she it's something a show she enjoys and it, like it it's very voyeuristic and what's happening inside this team. But in the old days, we used to have our podcast pretty early the next morning, and I remember having to wake up at the crack of dawn to try to watch these hard cops hard or hard knocks episodes. Hard cops. <laughs> that's like a hard different. Cops. Show that's different. You watch. No, totally yeah, different show. That's on Showtime. I mean, this that's is, a show you watch late at night. That yeah. was, that was a fire drill. I'll, I'll take this in a second. <laughs> Um, yeah, Hard Knocks, uh, as expected, it was Antonio Brown heavy. Um, so that I thought, you know, we talked about on, on Monday's show how it was kind of an important episode for Hard Knocks uh, because will they give you access? And we didn't really, Greg, get access. Uh, and that uh, we got access to Antonio Brown, who talked to Hard Knocks cameras, showed his feet, 
uh, said that his feet were circumcised, which is, you know. I was I, eating sushi while watching that, and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> it was so gross. Saying your feet have been circumcised is basically total weird guy behavior, but that's who Antonio yeah. Brown is. Um, uh, but what we didn't really get was any peek uh, behind battle lines mm. at the Raiders facility. There was a blink and you'll miss it um, shot of Gruden in a coaches only meeting kind of speaking, kind of talking to himself, saying, right. uh, has anyone seen my friend A.B.? Uh, I wish he was here, but we don't get anything. But uh, there that- were a couple little moments like that. Another one where the coach, uh, another assistant was talking to him and Gruden was gu- grumbling and you almost saw Gruden stop talking as if he knows he's mic'd. And like right, could, the there were little trailer. moments where you could see some legit frustration. I thought they split the difference. They also made news. I mean, it is hard knocks. You're not expecting them to make news. And no one had any of that info from Antonio Brown. So it. About the exact uh, what happened the day. Yeah, how he was treated, which was very detailed and rather gross. Oh, draining his feet. Right. All of all of that. The details of everything that sort of happened. We didn't know that. Now, they they punted essentially on the uh, helmet talk for the most part. Yes. We got um, essentially just an NFL news update and some Liv Schreiber, um, you know, VO. Uh, and they kind of teased more on that's coming next week. But, I, you know, the more I thought about it and it was out there, like, people were taking it to the extreme, saying this was potentially leading to this episode. Hard Knocks jumped the shark moment if we don't get inside info on this. It's a extremely sensitive situation for the Raiders at this moment. And you see it in how Gruden handled the situation, because I think he kind of did handle this well in terms of crisis control, backing Brown, not making inflammatory comments to the media. I don't know if he does that in 2002. Remember, he took on Keyshawn Johnson. It's a different situation. Uh, But he kind of stayed out of the way, made sure not to throw any kerosene on the flames. And now Brown's back at camp as of yesterday, and Gruden was speaking positively that he was going to be there and he was going to be their Z receiver and everything was going to be great. Maybe that's what ends up happening, and they survive this. Uh, but to Wes's point, because Wes, I thought you made a good point uh, last week, and I touched on it in my write-up in NFL.com, you just wonder, this whole culture rebuild, where does Antonio Brown actually fit in? I know he makes the team better from a, a skill a skill aspect, but I'm watching this, and he's get, he does all these talks to the, this young team trying to beat him up, build him up, and then you hear uh, the narrator be like, Antonio Brown has decided to leave camp. And it's like... Well, is that is that the guy that you want in the building when you're trying to reestablish the Raiders culture? Well, if you look at their allocation of resources, money, what have you, since John Gruden took over, you'd be nonplussed if you were looking for some kind of pattern or plan or cohesion. I just don't – it's all over the map. I would also say, you know, we've followed bad teams that have talked about culture change, one coach, one GM after the other for decades plus, and – Without good players, culture change is a lot of hot air, or it certainly can be in the NFL. And I think the change with Antonio Brown always would come on the field. And I, the, the, I, feel, I think these Hard Knocks episodes, you either, you're either riding with Gruden if you're, or you're not. He is the raging – I thought he was the raging star of last night's show, whether you find him likable or you don't. So that, to me, I, I started to like him a little bit more. And I don't know if he has a whole lot more to say on Antonio Brown behind the scenes, to be honest, because – I'm sure he's got stuff he's not letting us see, but his job is to prepare not just Antonio Brown and figure that out, but 80, 90 other guys and a bunch of other coaches. And how much time and energy can you spend on a guy who's not there? I thought 
Carr said it well. When a guy's not here for whatever reason, we just got to press on. Like, they don't deal with it the way that we do. They knew what they were getting into with A.B. as well. I mean, I thought that from last night, Mark, you were so dead on with Gruden just being the star. Right from the jump, he pulls the bait and switch on everybody, and he's like, welcome to week two of the preseason. Everybody say (laughs) hi. And then he's like, all right, now let's get down to business. I need better execution. I want better etiquette. But more than anything, I want better execution. Are we clear on that? I want better execution. It's like, oh, oh, my Some God. Okay, there. Jesus. Yeah, but I loved his interaction with the backup <laughs> quarterbacks, too, where he's like, I have a little personality today, Glenn right. on. That was Glenn on. Well, Glenn on. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, you can't. It's. I always wonder, like, is him and being brutally hard on his quarterbacks, which is what he's sort of famous. Is that helping anyone? Like, first of all, you can't, you can't train Mike Glennon or Nathan Peterman to be natural leaders. Like, it's they're not going to suddenly become send them to Christmas like, school. The, like the guys that are like leading an entire team because Gruden says, "Can you guys? Can you talk right. a little more?" And and Gruden's kind of famous for this. I mean, he's. It's so funny because. He's a coach who goes through the emotions like a fan. Like when Glennon, like at first he, <laughs> he loves Glennon. I like Glennon now. He's he like, says like, oh, I love Glennon. Year. And then after he throws it, he's like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, at one point, he, he called just, him a blockhead. He just yells out to nobody. And it, it, to me, this is very, this is John Gruden in a nutshell. And it, it, to nobody, he just goes, let's play some football here. <laughs> and like no one's listening to him. He's just like going crazy. <laughs> Peterman, when he was I mean, like, he my life are, is but... running out of lifespan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, it is funny. I don't think anyone's um, safer than Derek Carr. Call him a house mouse. A house mouse. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's safer than Derek Carr. This is a, a backup quarterback competition. There will be no clear winner. It will just be who who survives and takes that spot. Um, so that that was a takeaway for me. Connie, I know well, you according- have notes. Oh, my God. I have so many. Max Crosby, um, who... I liked him. Oh, I loved him. Then he got hurt. But his song, was that T-Pain, I think? Oh, my God. That was great. He he went over the uh, room. I wasn't sure how it was going to be at first. And then he came right in, and everyone's dancing, humming, singing along with him. So uh, (laughs) Hunter Renfro had maybe the worst Hard Knocks performance ever in 20 years with Lean on Me. That's the closest I've ever seen to anyone singing exactly like me. (laughs) (laughs) On his ear against the piano. (laughs) Two of those a season is enough. Yeah, what else? Uh, Mayock needs, desperately needs sunblock. He has to wear it. I'm worried about him. I liked, I, I think we need to reach out to him and maybe send him some sunblock yeah. because he was very burnt. And as somebody who was also very burnt this past weekend, I can attest. it's not a, a good feeling, so I would sure. like him to wear and, it. You know, and while we're on the topic of Mayock, don't pull that uncle stuff where it's like – The parliament? Yeah, so he – because – That's his thing. The kid did the, yeah, the T-Pain, is, song, T-Pain song. He has to then, go, you know, accost the, the – what's the kid's name again? Oh, Max Crosby, Yeah, right? Crosby yeah. at practice and be like, you, you, oh, you're a rap fan, huh? Oh. You ever hear the parliament funkadelic? <laughs> you ever hear George Clinton? You ever hear Bootsy Collins? How do you call yourself a rap fan? Uh, you know, calm down, uncle. He's he's 23 years old, okay? He doesn't need to know about this music from 40 years ago to be a fan of hip-hop. Mm. You know what? I agree. Down, Uncle. I agree. I agree. Knock the table. Yeah, Gruden, yeah, yeah. I think Gruden naturally can work with, like, the younger generation. I, you know, that's not Mayock's, you know, strong. It's probably meet, not his role. I love Mayock. I'll meet you halfway on this one. I, I give extra points for anybody who appreciates what came before you. Mm. An actual appreciation for history. I get but, that. I get that. But I would never give someone, like, 
a hard time for not knowing. Right. Like, I don't expect Mac Cro- Max Crosby to know who George Clinton is. I, mean, I feel like Mayuck has been on a special personal mission to not show up on this show, best he can, and he's probably not thrilled that that scene came out. But I think the last couple seasons have been a study of, and I think Gruden's probably better than he was a year ago, trying to work with millennials, trying to work with younger people, because that's a challenge. That's not something Mayock was doing to this degree before. And Gruden, to me, I think is doing a, a pretty good job of it, depending on player to player. He still has the passion for the job. You can see it. It comes through. It's amazing. I mean, I, I the fact that NFL films can just bring up that McVeigh footage from oh. when he was starting out. Was with oh wow! Like no other piss boy. There's no other sport. There's no other like <laughs> exact example of that where it's just they can call up and they happen to have been there in 2000. You know they were there in it's 2008 and they yeah. have it. And the the most telling moment of the entire show was that quick moment they showed Gruden and McVeigh talking, and and they're just and, and Gruden's just like, yeah, y'all were in the Super Bowl last year. We're a long way from the Super Bowl or something like that. <laughs> and like, I was like, that guys. was real. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why he has a lot to say. I think about Antonio Brown behind the scenes and a lot of things. But like that was like a quick moment where you got a a real look into like, man, I wish we were the Rams. <laughs> it's, it's year two. It's a ten year job or ten year contract, and he's got a lot of work to do. Um, all right, that's what's going on with Hard Knocks. Uh, before we get to our juicy trade scenarios, a reminder. Oh, by the way, check out the Hard Knocks podcast. Oh, yeah. Hosted by Peter Schrager. It's an HBO uh, films joint, and Schragbaum is hosting it. Um, our buddy. Yeah, a new our, episode our after, every day after the podcast airs, I believe, oh. every Wednesday. Please don't outshine awesome. us. Yeah. <laughs> I like, to- as a big podcast fan in general, I like the idea of limited series podcasts. Like, I like one that you, you're in for five or six weeks and you're out. Put me like in TV. and put me out. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard Knocks uh, podcast. Oh, one more note. Fantasy extravaganza. Oh, it's on. Get ready. Next Wednesday. And guess what? Might have reeled in a big fish. Oh. What up, Anthony? Happy belated birthday. Anthony's doing it, huh? All right, Ricky. That's enough. Wait, how does I'm getting off camera today? Personal messages to other people. Because they like po- they post on the site. That's it. I'm done. I'm off of it. I'm <laughs> anyway, fantasy right extravaganza now. next Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I won't say anything else, but I'm just gonna let you know the what do they call it? The line is in the water. The, the real. The real. Well, the I got line. the real. The line's in the water. True, I don't know anything. About and there's a big piece of meat on the end of the line. Chum. I just put it right on the hook. Ooh, Ooh and there's what? a big fish. Can I get him in the boat? I don't know, but the reel is out. Good boat talk. He's so big, it might knock one of us out of the boat. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, All right, let's get to it. Juicy trade scenarios. uh, Trade scenarios that make sense for NFL teams entering week one. Um, I think it only uh, makes sense to start with Jadavian Clowney uh, because, and maybe we have multiple Jadavian Clowney trade options out there, but I I have one. You guys know it. You guys know it because as soon as this uh, dropped on text uh, or on social yesterday, we were on a text chain and I got excited about the idea of the Jets going after Clowney. Um, so I want to I want to put together a trade offer because as we know, and it's one of those off repeated things, Wes, the Jets haven't had a true pass rusher since John Abraham in 2005. <laughs> well, guess what? That's true. Poor Calvin Pace. It's been a long Calvin Pace had 10 sacks one year. He's a nice little player, but uh, you know, he, he's not a, a truly gifted. No, pass he wasn't. Rusher. And, and I just think, and everything we talked about 
makes sense about why you would be careful about giving up too much for Clowney. But I think the Jets are in an interesting position here because they have pieces in place to make you think they can make a run at a playoff spot this year. So how serious are you about that, really? Because when you sign Le'Veon Bell and you sign Jameson Crowder and you go get Ryan Khalil out of retirement uh, and you make those type of moves, that tells me you're trying to win 10 or 11 games this year. But guess what? You have a major problem at secondary. We talked about it on Monday. Tremaine Johnson got hurt. Uh, Kyron Brown also suffered a hamstring injury. Both of those guys are out and definitely could miss regular season time. Updated cornerback uh, depth chart. Daryl Roberts, Brian Poole, and Arthur Millette. Hmm. Good player. So what are you going to do? It's going to be hard to upgrade the cornerback. Go. You need your defensive line to get after the quarterback and bail out your secondary, essentially. So get Clowney. Plug that hole since Sean Abraham. How are you going to do it? Let's keep it simple, guys. And this isn't easy because I really do like this player, but he's also he's in a contract here. Straight up, Jadavian Clowney for Leonard Williams. Whoa. Going back to Houston, the Jets seem to be on the fence about whether Williams is a fit long-term, but he's obviously a very talented young player. Uh, that get Houston's defensive line gets a boost. They get Clowney out of the building if they don't believe in him. The money is very close. Williams makes uh, $14.2 million in the final year of his rookie deal. Clowney is due $16 million this year. I think it helps both teams. It clears up a little bit of a logjam for the Jets uh, after uh, their move in the, uh, with their first pick in this draft. And it gives you Clowney, a fearsome guy that can rush the passer and stop the run. And, yes, it takes discipline, Greg, to figure out how to play this out if Clowney is successful this season, if this trade went down. Uh, but I actually think they have a GM and Joe Douglas that just might be able to handle the situation. And a Joe, Joe Douglas looking to make his first big splash because I don't c- count Ryan Khalil as that. Mm-hmm. How about that? Clowney for Big Cat. I'm just not interested if I'm the Jets of giving up a, a, one of my better players. Just like Why? I'd give up. I'd rather give up a second-round pick than give up Leonard Williams. You have Leonard Williams for the season. You want to see what he looks like in Greg Williams' offense. You could use the franchise tag on him next year. I think there's an argument to be made that, especially if you do use the compensatory pick formula, that's like everyone goes crazy about second-round picks this time of year. You know, sometimes second-round picks are like Duke Dawson, the the Patriots cornerback who's not even going to make the team in the second season. Like. I know Jadavion Clowney's good. I know Leonard Williams is good. I don't want to give up one of When you don't have many good players, I don't want to give up one. You think that one. makes them a better team? I think it does make them a better team. But, like, how Maybe. much of a better team? You're saying Maybe. for positional versatility that Clowney yeah. can play outside linebacker where Williams is more of Maybe. an inside guy. Yeah, sure. I think Clowney's a little better at what he does, and he's definitely at a position they could use more, but – I think Leonard Williams is one of the whatever six best players on the Jets, so I don't want to give him. Yeah, I just I, I think you have That's to go all. into they, this. They would be. I think the Texans would do that. You have to go into this with a with telling everyone it is very possible that no matter how good we think our front office is and how good our GM is, it, there is an agent and there is a player who wants to maximize their earnings after this, and it's possible the Jets and Clowney have one season together. So if I'm going to do that, and I hear where you're going with it. Like, you've got to make some cuts because of your cap situation, too. But I think it's a go-for-broke move on defense. And I wouldn't give up Leonard Williams. I'd give up almost anything else. I don't care about the pick as much. I'm with Greg on that. It would be tasty, though. I love that. The the need is there and the fit is there, but I don't know if you can make it work. Because just thinking about – I would give up somebody else if I could because having Clowney, Quinn and Williams, and Leonard Williams on a line, now that's good. Now that – 
really significantly helps the team. Yep. All right. Connie, you you go next. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jeez. All right. You, you spent all morning on this. You didn't expect it to go to no, second. No, I didn't. Okay. I'm well, trying to help your stress level. Just get out of the way instead of it building up to you, and then you just You know like, me so well. Rumble. Like, no matter what the assignment <laughs> is, I stress out about it. So I talked myself in and out of multiple trades with multiple teams, but then I was thinking about the Seahawks and Jadavion Clowney. Yes. And I was thinking that their major weakness right now is pass rush. Yes. So they have to fill that spot left by Frank Clark. They have Ziggy Ansah there, but you don't know exactly what you're going to get from Ziggy Ansah. Can he give you a throwback performance? Is he going to be all the way healthy? Two to 15 games will be playing. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have the cap space. They have about $20 million in cap. And then this year, next year, they're really good too. So here – and also you have Jerron Reed, um, who's facing – Good setup so far, by the suspension. way. I just uh, – so this is what this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. If you go second-round pick, because it is basically a one-year deal for Clowney, especially if he gets hurt, you don't know – you can't really control a whole lot. So second-round pick, and then what if – you know, you throw in maybe some, like, unlimited trips to the top of the Space Needle or something like that. All right. Remember, realistic. That should, will clinch the deal. Should no they fun. bring back Dwayne Brown? Dwayne Brown. If they want. Because, How old look, is he now? In his 30s. 34. Okay, so if you can't get Trent Williams, who, Wes, as you mentioned earlier, is a 30-something who has dealt with some injuries, why don't you get somebody back on your team that you shipped off to the Seattle Seahawks in the first huh. place? God, they'd be desperate to get rid of Clowney, I feel like, if that happens. <laughs> All right, what about their um their new pick, Ethan Posick? I mean, he's a guard, but you could throw in him and and maybe one of the younger oh, no. They got Ethan. The I'm Texans have Ethan Posick oh, no. coming I'm out of their ears. I'm working through oh, no. this. I'm working through this right it's now. Fun. It's a fun one. I just don't know why the Seahawks would have any interest in giving up, you know, a left tackle that they just gave right. a big contract that that, I well, think the Texans they, need – I don't think that the Texans are going to be interested in just draft picks. Fighting, Connie. They need players. Their window right now, they're set up to win right now. So if you're just going to get rid of Jadavian Clowney, you need, you need somebody to help protect Deshaun Watson on that line, especially last year after seeing 62 sacks. Come on. And, and Ryan Khalil didn't look great in his first preseason game. You don't know what you're going to get from him. That's the most important position on the line. I'm th- I think Seahawks Absolutely. makes a lot of sense, too. They have an extra pick because of the Frank Clark trade. Oh. A second round pick. Just send a pick. <laughs> There's no way they would – they would rather have Dwayne Brown than Jadevian Clowney, especially because you got him for a couple of years. Right. And, you know, you, you got to protect Russell Wilson. That, that's been – this is the first year in 17 years that we haven't been talking about the Seahawks offensive line because now it's good. So, but, but I could see them. They've been very aggressive. Just sending picks. Remember, they sent a pick for Percy Harvin when he didn't have much left. Then they ended up re-signing him and everything. They've they've made a lot of aggressive moves. They're about as likely, I think, as any team in the league to do something where they're just like, fine, we'll give you a second, and we'll hope that we can convince Clowney to sign here, and maybe we'll just you give him a ton of money. I could picture Clowney thriving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I that could see feels it. Like you could see that, that, that Jadavian Clowney breakout season that we've been waiting for where he has you know, 17 and a half sacks and is in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. could totally see that happen. So Dwayne, they- Dwayne Brown has, bri- has burned that bridge. I agree. Yes. I agree. And um, if Clowney's the one that has to agree to all this you know, per some of these parameters, Seattle is, makes a lot more sense than some of these other teams. Uh, all right, Wes. Well, we're sticking with Clowney. I want to send him home. Mm. He's from the southeast. Mm-hmm. And I want to send him to a place where they could have reasonable belief that they might have an edge in signing him because he'd be home. 
the Atlanta Falcons, and they have salary cap issues, so we got to make this work. Vic Beasley, who Greg said, you know, a week or two ago, Falcons' biggest problem on defense is these guys they've drafted to be difference-making pass rushers haven't gotten it done. Well, the Texans are going to need a pass rusher. We're sending Vic Beasley and his $13 million mm-hmm. back to Houston for the last year of his contract with a third-round pick, mm-hmm. and we're getting Clowney in return. Wow. Vic Beasley and a third for Jadavian Clowney. And now you've got the Falcons who think they're a Super Bowl contender with Jadavian Clowney who, if I'm a Super Bowl contender, the thing I love most about Clowney in addition to his versatility, he shows up in big games. He's terrorized the Patriots. He dominated the Raiders in the playoffs. He's had one of his best games ever against the Eagles. His PFF numbers are wild. If you look at him every year, he's dominated in November, December in the playoffs. Yes. Like he's been a fairly average player in the first half of the last three seasons, almost like he's getting up to speed, and then he just kills people. Which is that's I mean, if you're going to pick the time of year to do it, that's it. The Falcons would definitely be the winners in that trade. That's but, a loss. Yeah. I wonder what Bill O'Brien like. But again, it's one year, though. That's right. That's right. the thing. It's right. a thing that I find like a little bit out there for most the way that most front offices would think is it is a go for broke one year move with zero guarantee. That I the wonder if a cooperate. third round pick alone is enough to get Jadevian Clowney. Maybe I wonder. we do. I think the Texans should be happy to get a third round pick a right second. now with the way they've. Oh, I think this. they. No, I don't think they would trade him for a third. Because you're getting a third. But if they com- think they're going to get anyway. a whole bunch of other stuff, that's why I'm saying that sitting on him is probably what. The trade is going to go down in two hours and all of this. Right. <laughs> Total malarkey. <laughs> bag. Oh, no, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Quick, Mark, your turn. Good all trade, right. Wes. All right. All right. Thank you. Here is what could turn me into a fan of a team that has sort of driven me nuts uh, historically over the past couple of years, and that is the Green Bay Packers. Mm. And the Green Bay Packers have a new coach. They have a new running scheme that does not fit Jamal Williams. It does fit Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones has not been the most consistent, reliable running back on the face of the earth, and it wouldn't be the worst thing on the planet to have two or to have someone even better than Aaron Jones brought into Green Bay to flip the switch on an offense that has not had a dominant running game really at all under Aaron Rodgers, and it's time. So I send... Melvin Gordon to the Packers for a 2020 second-round pick. And you know what? Chargers, you can have Equinemius St. Brown in return. Oh, no, he did it! Oh! He went St. Brown! Equinemius! Yes, big! I think a second-round pick, you're getting it. you could get him for a second-round pick. Chargers are, Chargers are done with this guy. Chargers are done with him. They, are already, they already have had Philip Rivers saying, we're good with who we have, and we got to be settled with who we have. They do have good running backs. It's a loss to not have Melvin Gordon, oh, but yeah. he's put you in this situation where it's what are you going to do? You're going to He have doesn't to- even finish saying his first name before Telesco just goes, "Oh, Aquinius, this deal's done." Yeah. I, we're good. He's the little tack. He's the cherry on top. A second round pick I think gets it done. Aquinius? You're not are you are you trading a first round pick for for Gordon? I I think a second's too rich. Really? Well, yeah. that's that. If anything, I'm throwing the Chargers a bone, but and I don't today's think today's NFL a third rounder that you just traded Duke Johnson for a third rounder. It's tricky because you got to pay him. You assume you have to pay him top five running back money. That's how they're in this mess in the first place. And I, right. I went through that too, thinking about uh, um, what Melvin Gordon could get, who who would want him. And you're right. I don't think a ton of teams are going to give up a ton because you got to give up the contract. But I did think of one team that would be desperate enough potentially. Mm. And it's a team you call up and uh, Tom Telesco, the Chargers, one day he calls up Jay Gruden, starts talking to him. Uh, you know, about Melvin Gordon. A couple hours later, talk to Bruce Allen. Don't even tell Jay Gruden that you talked 
Uh, don't, don't even tell Bruce Allen <laughs> that you talked to Jay Gruden. Then maybe call Dan Snyder, you know, call the ownership, talk about Mel. Just have them start playing uh, against each other. The whole Redskins knives are out. Power dynamic. Those are the types of desperate. <laughs> Wait, are you just simply just trying to be a stinky Davis with this? I mean, he's, I think it's absolutely no, accurate. Somehow it play, play all the Redskins front office maneuvering against each other. This is where crazy trades happen. That's what a stinky Davis is. Yeah, Greg trying to sit on the Iron Throne. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, uh, and you get Trent Williams back because Trent Williams does not want to play for the Redskins. It's just not going to happen. This is the one guy I believe – that he is making a stand, and he's just not playing for this organization ever again. And I think Gruden and the people there should be realizing they're all in the hot seat. They're all needing to win this year. Who's going to help you more this year? You're not going to have Williams, Melvin Gordon, or Trent Williams. And I know they have some running backs there, but you can't trust Darius Geis, who's still not practicing fully. I don't care about Aiden Peterson. Put Wait, Melvin Gordon no, in there. Give him some money. Hold, hold on, hold on. Seems like something the Reds. How are you just do. glossing over the fact that they have Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis, and they don't need Melvin Gordon? I don't. They don't care they do, about they, Adrian. Peterson. Yeah, I don't care about Adrian. What does that mean? No. He's a backup that you could cut if you want. He's he's coming off a thousand yard season. I don't care. The Redskins need players that they can build around, and they seem like a team that actually, even though I'm not super into giving up a lot for Melvin Gordon and paying a lot of money, they just seem like a team that would. Because Melvin Gordon's young and he's good and he can handle all three downs. You don't have anyone like that. Anymore. But you're going to pay him like a, let's say, top three running back when you invested a second round pick in Geis? I mean, Adrian Peterson is making Forget about Peterson. less money. I'm with you on that. Geis has been, Geis, Geis is not someone, you, they got to see this, what they have. Go, in Geis. Yeah, Geis is a, late, a mid-second Isn't round he, pick who hasn't practiced fully as a pro yet. You've like, said on this really. podcast he's a three down back. Who? Geis. Geis. I haven't. Went healthy. He still hasn't been able to, to play like a full contact practice and stuff. So... I'm, well, let's I'm count him out. Let's so in two weeks he can practice again, and then you've just it's okay traded to have Melvin multiple Gordon. good players. That's one but that's not something that they you don't can... really need help with. Though. I disagree. I mean that is that's they one just of the drafted worst Bryce Love too. I mean why are we? I think you get the owner on the phone like Greg saying he's thinking what can I, who can I put on the tickets who can I put on the program. Also, and doesn't it seem like week? something the Redskins would do? Think. Yes, it does. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a good trade for them to do it. Um, you want to do a quick speed round, real quick around one more if anybody's got one. That's all I got. Okay, I, I got a quick I think, one. I think Clowney to the Titans would make some sense, too. They I desperately need a pass rusher. Or to the Eagles. And would they trade him in their own division? It's a fair mm. question. Um, I got a quick one. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the move again. We just talked about Philly and Jacksonville, two teams that really need help a backup quarterback. What will the compensation be? When Fitz signed with the Dolphins, the depth chart it was Jake Ruddock and Luke Falk, all right? Uh, but then they made that nice Josh Rosen trade. What do you need the veteran gunslinger around for? Uh, Fitz doesn't make any sense. He can only really mess things up with the Fitz magic. Uh, this is a team that should be taking a long look at an intriguing prospect like Rosen. So take Fitz and send him to one of these contenders that really need some um, a security blanket behind their starters. I think it makes sense. Hmm. Oh, and you want a compensation? Sixth round pick. <laughs> oh, that works. Fifth rounder, maybe. <laughs> I got one just for gits and shiggles. Okay. Just because I want to see... So when Clowney got drafted number one, the debate was whether you should take Khalil Mack or Jadevian Clowney. Let's reunite both of them on the Bears, send Leonard Floyd in a third-round pick to the Texans, and now we're cooking with fire. I like it. Ooh. I have one to offer That's you. That's really good. That's that good. probably will not follow your rules, but it's I, when I came up with it, it fills two teams' <laughs> needs and desires to the nth degree. And that's why I want you to listen to me before I'm you listening. just shoo it off and, and we close the show. What is it that the Texans miss right now? They miss front office 
leadership and guidance. <laughs> I like <that>. Yes. <laughs> they are a ship afloat Wait, in the middle of nowhere. They have a pastor nowhere. in there. Of course they have guidance. We'll see how that's working. What is it they wanted and they couldn't get? What is it that the team they tried to get it from could very much use? The Patriots could use Jadevian Clowney. Ooh. The Patriots are a Super Bowl window, one-year Super Bowl window team that could say, after this, we blow the whole thing up. And the Texans, they are, they could get, the, the Texans have no way to hang on to Clowney. That's the way I see it after this year. It's gotten acrimonious. He's out. The Patriots have no way to hang on to Nick Casario. He's there for one year. He's essentially Mm. been held hostage, and he's out. He's going to go to Houston. Clowney's going to go somewhere else. The Patriots might as well say, at least we get something in theory in return. We give you Nick Casario. You give us Jadevian Clowney. We good. I know you're going to laugh at it, but it makes sense. It It is two teams that get what they absolutely need, to to especially for the Texans. You have no idea that you're going to get Casario after this season. We don't know. Why, why do we think that Nick Casario is this genius? What? We don't have to. <laughs> he's not they, the, whole organiz- the whole organization like, wants him. How much better is Nick Casario than Bill O'Brien? We have no idea. You could, you could look at everything in the world that way, but, that's, but the Texans, we already know, have deep interest in Nick Casario and got into, the, into a tampering snafu because mm. of it. And they're going to go after him again. There's, there's I like people that. Maybe that we'll, like Casario. Yeah, they're throwing like Dietrich Wise and Casario for Clowney. Mm, I like Wise. that. I like that. <laughs> Danny Etlin's still there? They just waved no, no, no. Falcons just went him up. to Atlanta. Back. <laughs> Throw Etlin in there, too. Etlin went to Atlanta. I mean, Casario, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I, okay, I agree. I like it too. Dan does not. <laughs> oh no. I just think the Casario Dan, stuff is a little bit overblown. Well, that's and fine. You're not. You're this, not operating this room is also, front office. This so. room is also a little bit on fire about the Bill O'Brien knows nothing. The train has left the station. I don't. And think I don't that. know what I, where this is coming. He's the one. Bill O'Brien. O'Brien's the one that wants Casario more than anyone. Right. He's I just, and they got into the clowny thing not because of Bill O'Brien. I think that's actually not how we I'm feel just saying. At all, there's this assumption that the Texans are a house on fire. They are a house on fire because they fired Brian Gaines and didn't. I mean, come on. Well, well how about the way they handled Jadevian Clowney? They're getting pennies on the dollar for him now because yeah, they didn't do things in, in a timely manner. Completely botched. How do you know that? Because the only way to get real value for him is they're trading. Do it before no, the July because, 15th deadline. Well, at least three insiders have said he's on the trade block. Mike Garofolo, Mike Lombardi, and um, O'Brien or not uh, John McClain. But if you if you trade him or shop him before July 15th, you can get real value back for him. But once that once he can't sign anymore, what are you I, what are you trying to get? I, for the him? only other thing I'll say is that that the, comp- the situation got complicated by an obvious rift between the coach and GM, the GM got fired. That probably did not. I know there was still a, a window where they could have gotten a deal done, but that was a bit of a, the organization was in a transition there. And then the Patriots shat all over their ability to kind of move on uh, in a, uh, I guess what you could say, functional manner. I, I just, I, I'm not ready to say the Texans are, are completely on fire right now because of the way this. That's fine, but Bill, that's out. the second GM that Bill O'Brien's had major issues with. Again, I think Bill O'Brien is a good coach and maybe he'll be fine running the show upstairs for the season too. But he already has been inside the Patriots organization for years and knows what Bill Belichick and other people much smarter than running most teams think of Nick Casario. So it's like, I, I think there's a lot of... his friends, yeah. There's I mean, a lot of historical well, knowledge saying, around it too. It's not random. Trying to hire him, give him a nice contract, and giving him a nice big contract and also giving up one of your best players. It just seems like a lot of compensation. If, you're, if we're talking a, seriously about... A training. player who probably won't play for the Texans this year at all at this point and certainly won't play after this year. I Is think that he's what playing we're playing this year. Where? 
we're not hearing I'm anything. Just saying, if, yeah, he's playing this. Year. If you're hearing that they're looking to trade him, something is not going well. They have right to now. find a partner for him to play. And he's not playing for more than one year. So, like, the idea that they knew that months ago, you now, would if move he, him. Now, if he moves Clowney for a, a fifth-round pick or something, I will not be defending O'Brien. I just, I, I guess I just want to see how this all plays out. I would, I would just say – the lowest pick that you'd be happy with for him? I think you need to get at least a third-rounder back, at least. Yeah. But uh, uh, probably a second for a player of Clowney's ability. And I know they box themselves in, but – you know, a second rounder, I think you'd be you could live with. This is a roster that can crumble in a hurry. There is not much to look forward to beyond 2019. And I think you're talking about you said what what else has Bill O'Brien done? Well, they have guards coming out of their ears and nobody who can play tackle. They just keep drafting guards, tweener tackles over and over again and then moving them inside the guard. This roster is in bad shape going forward. Um, all right. They'll be a fun team to track this year, won't they? They will. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Lady and gentlemen. Well, ladies. Erica's there, too. Yeah. Hey, what's your thoughts Good on job. this? Ricky? I don't know. You guys were screaming a lot. Got me kind of worked up back here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not a good sign. All right. Um, <laughs> we'll be back on Friday. Now, again, I am on call for jury duty. And so far, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles has said, Zeuser, not needed. You don't need to handle any crime situations right now. We don't need. I can't believe they haven't pulled you into judgment. their into the actual downtown place. I've never heard of anything like. Oh, this you're in my downtown. Life. Yeah, Santa Monica. You're downtown. 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 Big house where OJ OJ went down. So three days in, I have to call in two more times, and I might I might just get away with this, but I also might get call, called in for Friday. Um, uh, but just know that we have a special guest coming on Friday, and also uh, if I'm here, I should say uh, there will be the hot butt power rankings. Uh-oh. Will be dropped. Ranking all the head coaches from the safest, and you can imagine who is at the top of that list, uh, to the one that you hear right now. I think if you listen to the voice, you can even tell, maybe. Where did you find this drop, or did you record this drop? <laughs> this is real. This is scary. Uh, all right, so that's what's coming up on Friday, maybe. All right, let's get at it. Hey, Colleen. Thank you. Hey. You came, you did it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're talking like that. That was weird. You did a great job. You've said it all, and uh, it's great to have you back. I'm finally it's, doing okay. this thing. I'm going to kill Ricky. So. <laughs> all right. Stan Heads is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the tiny box, the old boss, and Rick. Till Friday. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. 
It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.